past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and we're glad you're here today. And you are going to be glad that you're here because we are going to talk with Denise Bittler today and Denise is an expert in interviewing and interview coaching. She helps people with her resumes but then Denise said you a a lot of people and I know this too I see this too they work on their resumes but they don't take time to really prepare for the interview. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today and Denise thank you so much for joining us. Thank you I'm so very happy to be here. Yes, so you talk about how people need to start preparing for the interview before they even apply for jobs. Tell us a little bit more about what they should be doing before they even start applying to jobs. Okay, so there are a number of what I like to call cleanup activities that people should be doing um, before they even consider applying. Um, First, you want to make sure your references know that you're going, to, you're going to list them as a reference. Um, I've had people before not do that, and then all of a sudden a reference gets a call and they have no idea what job you've applied for, what they should be speaking to. So you want to make sure that you are notifying them of the type of positions that you're applying to. If you have specific companies, that you're applying to, you can let them know that as well. And it's also a good idea to let them know what topics you would appreciate them uh, focusing on. Second, you want to go through all your social network, so, excuse me, social networking sites. You want to lock them down, delete inappropriate photos, clean them up. Um, more and more um, in this day and age, employers are looking at people's social media profiles. And um, there have been a number of studies where recruiters have said that they have knocked somebody out of contention because of things that they've seen on someone's social media sites. So you want to make sure that that's all cleaned up and um, business appropriate, we'll call it. Next, you want to find out what's out there about you. So Google yourself, click through the news, block search sections. If there's something defamatory, you can try to get it taken down. If you can't, make sure that you're ready to speak to that if you're asked about it. Next, you want to make sure that your voicemail message is professional. You know, professional employers don't want to hear, yo, it's Joe, hit me up, you know. So you want to make sure that you have a very simple, professional, outgoing voicemail message. And it could be something as, just as simple as, you've reached John Smith. I'm not available to take your call at the moment. Please leave your name, telephone number, and a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And a key reminder, make sure you return all those phone calls within 24 business hours. You're not the only person that these recruiters are contacting. So you want to make sure that they know that you are professional and responsive. And lastly, and and I'm going to show my age here, um, always use professional resume paper 
if you're printing your resumes and any resume attachments. So again, when you go into the resume, most of the people that you're meeting with most likely already have a copy of your resume, but just in case, you always want to make sure that you have um, paper copies and that it's on professional resume paper. Right, and bringing those with you you if you're going to... Yeah, yeah. Bring those with you if you're going to interview in person, which may be rare today, but still happens. So that's a good good thing for people to remember. So when people are preparing for an interview, it's important to realize that it might not just be a one-on-one-to-one thing, right? What are some of the different types of interviews that people need to prepare for? All right, so the first one would be a a screening interview. It's usually the first interview in the process. It's usually done over the phone. Um, It's usually done um, by a recruiter, not like a technical person or the actual um, hiring manager. And it's really just to see if you have the, the basic skills required and you're qualified for the job and that you're still interested in the job. Those interviews are usually very short, but you still want to be prepared. So anytime you're applying to a position, you want to make sure that you're doing your homework on the the company and the position so that if you are contacted for a screening interview, and I know sometimes they will just call you. They won't call and schedule one. They'll actually just call and say, hey, you know, do you have a few minutes now? So you want to always make sure that you're prepared. Um, another type are individual interviews, and this is probably what most people are used to, where you're bought in, you'll most likely meet with the recruiter, um, the hiring manager. You may then meet with uh, someone above the hiring manager or someone um, in another department that you would be working with um, on, a, on a normal basis. These types of interviews, um, you want to make sure, if you can, have the name of everybody and the title of everybody that you'll be meeting with so that you can do your homework ahead of time and learn some things um, about the people that you'll be interviewing with. It's always nice if you can start off, you know, when they come in, they introduce themselves to you and you can say, oh, you know, Joe, it's great to meet you. It turns out that we're both, we both know so-and-so. Um, you know, so now you've got something in common and it takes some of the pressure off you as you're going into the interview. Another type are panel interviews, which a lot of people panic when they hear panel interviews. And it can be a little unnerving because you've got different people um, asking you questions all at one time. So those types of interviews can be a little difficult. But again, if you prepare appropriately, which we'll talk about in a little bit, you'll be fine. Um, the next are behavioral-based interviews. These are ones where they're asking you um, behavioral-type questions. They're usually open-ended questions about specific situations. These types of, of interviews or interview questions can really come up in any of the other different types of interviews, um, but usually it's uh, something that you'll see more in individual interviews than you would in panel interviews. And then the last um, is technical interviews or coding challenges. These are obviously for um, people in, you know, IT, software engineers, that type of things. So those are the general types of interviews 
that we see. Right, and so there's a lot more to it. I mean, we often think of an interview as me going to talk to one person or talking to one person over Zoom. Uh, But as you've said, there's a lot of different ways that this might happen. And it might be over the phone, it might be over Zoom, it might be in person. So there's different types of interviews, different people we might connect with, and then different ways that it might be carried out. And we really want to ask questions to understand all of that before that interview even happens. As you said, if we know it's going to be a a group of people, we can learn about those people. If we know it's going to be via, you know, Zoom, or maybe they're doing it via Skype, there's just the details that people need to know before they, before they get there. How do you help clients ask and best know what's going to happen before that interview? So again, you want to, if if you're heading into uh, the job hunting phase, you want to, you want to be prepared. So you want to have, um, I call it a cheat sheet of, of things to ask, things to make sure that you know. Um, one of the things that people tend to get very um, anxious about is, you know, will you tell me to prepare, but how am I supposed to prepare if I don't know what questions I'm going to be asked? So um, one of the things that I suggest or the first step is really review the job posting line by line. You want to know that job posting forward and backwards. It's written for for the needs of the position or the department or the company in mind. So identifying the key job requirements is crucial. And then you can start crafting some of your star stories, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but to show your accomplishments related to each of these requirements. So when you're crafting these types of stories, you want to remember that they can be used for a number of different interview question categories. So, for example, you know, if you have a story about a project that you had to take on last minute, that story could be used if you're asked a question about leadership or communication or conflict management or stress. So what I find to be very helpful and I share with my clients is make notes on your stories so when you're coming up with these these star stories. So you've looked at the job posting, you've identified the key skills and requirements. Now you're creating your star stories. Don't just create a story, but identify maybe the top three to five um, categories that each of those stories could be used for. So again, I talked about a few things, a few examples, uh, leadership, communications. This helps you make sure you always have multiple stories to choose from in in case you've already used a particular communication story, but now you have another question, excuse me, that you need another communication story for. Um, It's also okay to have a cheat sheet for these or star story reminders when you're interviewing. So, excuse me, one of the nice advantages of interviewing over the phone or interviewing over Zoom is that they, on the phone, they can't see you at all, but on Zoom, they can't see your computer. So one of the things that I recommend is you grab your star stories with the categories and you have them in sticky notes and you have them all around your computer. (laughs) So that way you're not fumbling through paper. 
but you have these reminders there that you can easily just glance over and say, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's a story I want to share for this. Or So having um, those things ready, one, helps keep you calm, and two, it keeps you from fumbling trying to come up with stories. If you're interviewing in person, the best way to do this is to write reminder notes on your printout copy of the job posting. So maybe next to each of, of the items on the, the bullets on the job posting, you write some notes. You write a couple cryptic notes to remind you of the star story, and maybe then on the other side of the, uh, on the left side of the paper, you write what categories it fits to. Yes, uh, yes, good. Make sure yeah, and, and, and the oh, interview <laughs> questions that they're going to ask are not going to be a surprise, right? We are going to be able to get a good idea of what they're going to ask by looking at that job description. So that is a great tip. We're going to use that tip to take us to the break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about these star stories that can help you be ready to answer any question. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant and we are glad you're here and we've been talking with Denise Bittler about how you can prepare for the interview. So Denise, you were just sharing how, you know, it's not a mystery what types of questions you'll be asked and that you can look through the job description and look for which questions you'll be asked. What other common questions can people expect in the interview? So again, um, a lot, the common categories that you'll see 
relate to your communication skills, um, your creativity, critical thinking, um, data analysis and research. Uh, another big one is conflict management um, and teamwork, stress, adaptability, leadership, uh, strategic planning, time management. And another big one that is coming up is your ability to work effectively in a remote environment. This is one that really didn't come up before, um, but it is coming up quite a bit. So you are going to want to have um, examples of how you've been successful working remotely. And if you had to make changes um, or adjustments in how you do your job to be able to do it effectively, you should be ready to speak to that as well. Excellent. So we can look at these general topics. We can look at the job and say, what what positions? What is this position really looking for? And prioritize our stories. Now, you had a, a specific method that you teach people to write a story that they can use to answer their interview questions. And this is important because many times we'll get what is called a behavioral question. So they'll ask, tell me about a time when, tell me about a time you had to deal with a difficult customer. Tell me about a time that you had to do X, Y, or Z. And we want to have a story to tell those answers, right? We don't want to talk about what we would do. We want to talk about what we've done. So tell us a little bit about your STAR stories. All right, so STAR is, is an acronym for four key concepts. These, If you follow these concepts to create your stories, it helps you get your point across concisely um, and make sure that you don't miss any key uh, accomplishments. So it's it's very easy. S is for situation where you're setting the stage for the story by sharing context around the situation or challenge you faced. Um, next is task, where you describe your responsibility or your role in that situation or challenge. A is for action. Um, explain the specific actions you took to handle the situation or overcome the challenge. And R is for results. What was the outcome? Um, I personally, when I teach it, I add another R, <laughs> um, and that is relate. And that then takes, this is what you did, this is what your accomplishment, this is what that uh, ability of yours can do for the company that you're applying for. Okay. Um, so it, it demonstrates your skills uh, relevant to the specific job. So just a couple things, again, um, don't embellish. Um, you want to quantify whenever possible. Um, you want to make sure that you are are really using your top uh, accomplishments when you're creating these stories. So I just want to give you, I can give you a, a real quick uh, example so people understand how to uh, create these stories. So say so you're asked a question, um, how do you work effectively under pressure? So a great sample answer, you could talk about, you know, during your career, you've, had some of the, you've done some of your best work under pressure. So now you're going to talk about the situation. In my last position, we were working on a major project, and the completion timeline was unexpectedly moved up by four weeks, and we were short-staffed due to staff vacations. Next, you go into task. As the project leader, it was my responsibility to ensure that our team met all of the deadlines, but to also keep my team engaged and motivated. Now your action. This is the meat 
This, the action and the results are the meat, by the way. I worked with all the other departments that have responsibility for different parts of the project to create a new project plan, reallocated assignments and staff, and reassigned less sensitive projects. Result, all these actions allowed us to successfully meet the deadline. I did hold a project postmortem meeting um, with all the teams involved. We created an active and ongoing combined project plan that everyone, including sales, must reference before making project change commitments. So again, it's, it's, this is the situation. This was your role in it. This is the action you took, and this is the result. If this position mentions anything in the job posting about project management or you've read things that they've had some issues with project management, you can add that extra R for relate and speak to how your success here would be beneficial to the company that you're applying to. Excellent. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes into creating the story and this is where I find that people typically underprepare is they mm-hmm. think, oh, I can come up with things off the cuff. Or my least favorite one is people saying, oh, I don't want to sound rehearsed, so I'm not going to practice my stories. I'm just going to, you know, kind of bullet point it out. And mm-hmm. I, the fallacy there to me is that they see someone as a great public speaker and they think, oh, that person just sounds so natural. Well, they sound natural because they've practiced that forwards and backwards and over and over and over again, not because they just had some bullet points they threw together and they stood up there. And so what do you have any tips for people on practicing these stories? Yes. So um, you um, don't ever want to write it out. You don't want to write it word for word for word. So you want to uh, create those bullet reminders for yourself of, you know, the name of of the project or um, people that were involved. So you want to have it bulleted. That's not to say you don't practice it, but if you you have it bulleted as opposed to written out word for word, it is going to be more uh, relaxed conversation. Um, It's not going to sound rehearsed. But, again, you need to rehearse it to make sure that you can speak clearly on how you flow from the situation to the task, to the activity, to the result, to the relate. So, again, my biggest, biggest takeaway is don't write it out word for word. Write key bullet reminders for yourself for each part of the story and then just Keep saying it. Rehearse it. It's going to sound slightly different each time you rehearse it, but the more you rehearse it, the more you can guarantee that the key takeaways of your story are going to come through when you actually tell that story in an interview. Yeah, and I recommend people call themselves, leave a message so you can listen to it, Mm -hmm. you know, Zoom yourself. Mm -hmm. You can Zoom yourself for free. Just Zoom yourself, record it. I like to do audio first Mm -hmm. because oftentimes when we do video, we focus on other things, and I I really want you to have the answer down first. So I'm a big fan of the call yourself and leave yourself a Mm -hmm. message. Practice Mm -hmm. that first, listen to it, see how it sounds, and then you can move. 
video. And the nice thing now with Zoom is you can do it without video. Turn your video off. Without video. Yes, turn the video off. But when you're doing it, make sure that you record it and don't just do it so you're used to speaking on Zoom. Make sure you record it. Um, When I do it with my clients, I record the entire thing, including my my review afterwards when I'll go through things they did well or could have done better. And, and then I share that with them. And it is amazing how many of them will look at that and, you know, cause I'll ask them at the end, how do you think you did? Oh, I think I did good. And then I send the video and they reach out and go, Oh no, <laughs> I, I didn't do well. Um, and they don't realize the ums and uhs and, you know, the hesitation. And so practicing over and over and over again, even if it's going to be in person, still practice it on video so that you can see um, how you speak, what your cadence is. Um, if you're, All right. If you're so we're going to do a quick tip here because you oh, wanted right. to share a quick tip on what yes. should someone do after the interview? Yeah, so after the interview... Um, make sure that you obviously send a thank you email. If anything was addressed during the interview that you did not know the answer to, they asked you about some software or something, make sure you wrote that down during the interview. And then after the interview, look it up. Learn all you can about it so that in your thank you email, you can say, you know, thank you so much for, for, for uh, sharing about XYZ software with me. Um, I did look into it and it's really interesting and I actually believe that my experience with ABC software would translate very easily and allow me to get up to speed quickly. So, um, and then the, the last thing is at the end of an interview, if you have, if you can bring yourself to do it, ask was there something I didn't provide a strong answer to that I can clarify now? Or do you have any, after this interview, do you have any hesitation in moving me forward? That can be a scary question to ask, but if you ask it and there was anything of concern, you want to be able to address it while you have that person right there. Because once they walk out of the room, they've already made up their mind. So if you can bring yourself to ask that, it's a very good question, and it's a very way to potentially head off um, a concern that you can alleviate with that person. Always, and then the last thing is always make sure you send a LinkedIn connection request about a day or two after you send the thank you email, um, and make sure, again, that you speak to something specific about that interviewer, what you got from that interviewer when you're sending the that connection request. I think those are the main things. <laughs> All the great content that you're putting out. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, sorry, just thought of one last one. If you don't wait, get wait, the wait. job, so, make sure you send them a thank you note. <laughs> yeah, so tell people how they can connect to you and find more of your content. Okay, um, so my company is Resume-Interview Success, LLC, 
And my website is www.resume-interviewsuccess.com. You can reach out. I do free consultations. And I also have extensive information on my website uh, regarding uh, with tips and tricks for interview preparation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. And we are going to Come back here on The Career Confidant and unpack a little bit more. But we'll say goodbye to Denise and thank Denise again for sharing your content. Thank you so much. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about interview preparation. And this is like the number one mistake that I see people make in their job search. Um, we did a poll on LinkedIn actually a few weeks ago, and this was one of the top mistakes that people talked about in job search is failing to prepare for the interview. Now you might say there's a lot of other things that, that you do that are maybe missteps in a job search. Um, But the reason that this one is so impactful is because you've come so far, right? You got your resume and you got the interview. And part of why people fail to prepare for the interview is that they really don't understand what the interview is all about. When you are getting an interview, the organization has already decided that you are qualified at the base level. So this is not, are you more qualified than the other people interviewing? And I hear people make this mistake a lot where they're preparing for, you know, answering technical questions and that might happen. And there's a reason that people are doing that. You know, do you know what your resume says? You know, 
And that can be a test point, a touch point that they'll ask about. However, it's really about, will I get along with you? Do I want to work with you? Or do I want to work with these other people that are interviewing as well? We've already decided everyone has a base level. Everyone that's getting an interview, they've decided they are qualified enough to do this job unless that person would totally bomb a, you know, a technical or basic question that is expected to be answered. What they're doing in the interview is seeing, would I want to work with you? The reason that this is so important is because what it, what it means is that we want you to show up as your best self in the interview. And I've already kind of talked about this idea that I can walk in and be off the cuff and that's going to be the most authentic me just is not a, that's a myth. Nobody is the best, is their best selves in a pressured situation without practice. They think about an athlete. They, you don't think they're less good as a basketball player because they've been practicing. You don't think that they're less gifted as a, runner because they run however many miles a day. So this idea that I will be less authentically me because I practice is just silly, right? We don't expect anybody to have a high level of performance without practice. You need to practice just like any professional public speaker does. They're not a great speaker because they just happen to, you know, be on stage and speak off the cuff. That, that, that's not a thing. They're a great speaker because they've practiced their content over and over and over again. You will show up as your best authentic self and perform your best. And perform might be the wrong word because it's not like you're performing, you're acting to be someone else, right? It's that you are showing up as your best self when you have practiced, when you've prepared. Now, this also means that you're going to choose answers that are true and authentic and strategic. If you're going to talk about your worst boss, you want that to be true you don't want to choose the situation or the story that makes you emotional or the, the one that sounds defensive. We can still tell an authentic, true story while choosing the ex- exact part of the story and the language that is most appropriate for the situation. When we do that, when we practice ahead of time, then we can think faster in the moment. We can react, we can tell the right story because we've practiced. And I recommend that people come up with at least five positive stories. So wins, successes, the things related specifically to the job advertisement, the skills that they're looking for. And then at least two 
if not three now, it seems like more people are asking more negative questions. Tell me about a time you've had a project fail. Tell me about a time that you had a difficult customer. Tell me about a time you missed a deadline. Those negative things that are related to your job, worst boss, failed, you know, failed communication, etc. You want to have at least two or three negative stories. What you learned, how you turned it around, etc. So when you do that and you have your little library of stories, then you can adjust those stories on the spot to answer the specific question. As Denise was saying, you sit down, you come up with a list of qualifications and skills that the job is looking for. Then you write some stories and then you say, okay, these stories could be used for these types of situations, these types of skill sets. It demonstrates these skill sets. Having a structure for your stories is it's incredibly important. Otherwise, you end up wandering around in your story and people can't follow you. There's no beginning, middle, and end. And it's really hard to get through as the listener. Denise recommended the STAR method, method situation, task, action, result. And then the extra R for the relating I like the SMART situation metrics. How did you, you know, how are you going to be measured? Action result. And then the tie back. Tie back to why it matters for that company. What it means for your success there. Or the tie back with a question where you can ask them something about how that would work there. So if I'm interviewing for a marketing job and I've got a story about how I increased the sales for a product through a product strategy, here's the situation, setting the context. You know, I came into this team and they had to develop a new product strategy because the you know, current product was going to end of life and it was, it was dropping off in sales. So the, the metrics were that our goal was to hit a you know, million dollars in sales within the next two years. These are the actions I took. Uh, I led the team or I served on the team. You know, your exact role, your exact actions. Then the result, we met that goal. Or, you know, we hit 750,000 even though COVID had a a nosedive in the industry, right? Your result might not necessarily mean that you hit the metric, but I want the context. And then the tie back would be, you know, I'd love to hear what new product initiatives you have going on on your team. And, you know, what would be one of the first projects that I'd be taking on? Now you have some back and forth you have an opportunity to speak to something specific within that company. And you may already know the answer to those questions, depending on when the interview is, you know, how many times you've interviewed or what they've already shared with you. And so you could say, you know, based on what you've said so far, sounds like our first product 
challenge would be this. And I'd be excited to, you know, use what I learned about X from this project to help you achieve that goal. So it's that tie back. It's, you know, coming back full circle to really share why that person would be engaged in your story. Now, I'm a big fan of you writing this out. You don't have to write it out word for word. I'm not necessarily opposed to you writing it out word for word. You're going to practice it. You're going to practice it and practice it. You're not practice saying the exact words that you write down. You're practice telling the story. And I'm a huge fan of you finding some way to record that so that you can listen to it first, listen to it first, and then if you want to do it via video, do it via video. You want these stories to be two to three minutes long, tops. So time yourself, record it, practice it. If it gets longer than that, nobody's listening. If it's shorter than that, you're missing out on an opportunity, shorter than two minutes. When you do that practice and you record it and you listen and you practice, then you start to be where you can tell the story authentically engaging where you can react to the other person's, you know, specific question and any follow-up questions or reactions and maybe even the body language as they're, as they're listening because you've already practiced it. So you're comfortable telling that story and you're not focused on what you're saying. You're focused on telling it and engaging with the audience. This is what's going to make you more likable. Because now you're not focused on you and, oh, my goodness, what story should I tell? And, oh, my goodness, you know, do I know that story? Now, instead of being focused on you, you can be focused on them, asking those follow-up questions, relating it back, really being engaged in the conversation instead of worrying about what you're going to say. Because you already know that. You've practiced it. You're ready to go. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what to do at the end of that interview and when you are following up. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You 
are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Denise Bittler about interviewing success tips. And if you missed that, go back and listen to it. If you missed how you can follow her, it was resume-interviewsuccess.com, resume-interviewsuccess.com. And Denise puts out just a wealth of content that you follow and you can learn so much for her from her uh, just by following her content. So what do you want to do at the end of the interview? Here's the thing. You should never, well, not never. I guess there might be something. Really, very rarely do we need to walk out of an interview wondering when to follow up, who to follow up with, etc. Because here's the thing. At the end of the interview, they're going to say, what questions do you have for us? And you want to have thoughtful questions for them. We'll circle back around to that. The questions you definitely can have, no matter what, is what's the next step in the process? When will I hear back? Which they might tell you, you know, what's the next step? When can I expect to hear back? And who can I follow up with if I haven't heard back? Now you know especially if it's a group interview or if you've interacted with multiple people. But this just gives you permission. When can you follow up? Who can you follow up with? And I'd avoid the word should, you know, who should I follow up with? Because it, you know, people might think, well, you shouldn't. Who can? You're ask, asking that permission. Who can you follow up with if you haven't heard? You've got their contact information. You've got that. Now you've got the permission to follow up. So there's no question. What's the next step in the process? If they kind of are vague, when can I expect to hear if I'll you know, be moved to the next step? Who can I follow up with? Now, you also want to make sure you have the contact information for every single person you're interviewing with, if it's a group or you know a series, so that you can send that thank you note that Denise was talking about. I prefer that you send a thank you note for you know, the virtual interview, you send a thank you email right away. If you are meeting in person, little tip from my way back when I used to be at Front Range Community College with Teresina Davey, and she would tell the students to bring a thank you note in their car, go out, write that thank you note, and bring it back to the receptionist. Works really well, obviously, when there's a receptionist because then you don't have to bother the person that you were just interviewing with. Um, and you can go out and get that card, write it out, and bring it back in. It is still a thing to send people things in the mail. In fact, it can be very personal and with you know held much longer because it is different. It stands out. So if you have an opportunity to send a follow up via email or via regular mail, I'd encourage you to do that as well. There's never enough. Thank you. That is going to hurt you. Send one right away and send a, a handwritten one in the mail. Email's fine. 
if they were corresponding via LinkedIn or some other way, then do it in whichever way they were corresponding, but send the email, send the thank you. I'm still floored at the data that says so many people don't do this. It's a touch point. It may be the difference maker and it's easy and it's the kind thing to do, right? Send the thank you. I'm not a huge fan of a bunch of stuff in the thank you note. Start with thank you. Thank you, right? It's about them, not about you. Thank you for your time. I enjoyed meeting you. And then maybe one or two sentences. I really enjoyed our conversation about X and look forward to working with the team on that project. If you need to address something that you didn't remember, like Denise was saying, you can do that. I do very much so prefer that you do that at the end of the interview instead of in the thank you, if at all possible, because again, once the interviews are over, their mind is going to be moving on. You will be able to rekindle some things in that thank you note. Um, But if there was any, you know, doubts, I want you to dispel those in the interview. And as she said, a great question to ask is, are there any concerns that you have that I can address before we close the interview? If you want to ask that question, it's a bold question. You got to be ready to answer it, right? You got to be ready to dance if they throw something at you. Um, But it's a great way to make sure there's nothing there. Other questions for the interviewers are thoughtful things that you have questions on based on your research. And we didn't talk too much about researching before the interview, but that's, you know, you can't prepare without doing your research. Research the interviewers, research the company. Obviously, you've got the job description. And really think about what do you have questions about from this job? What do you need to know to be more comfortable? If you are having a hard time, I always find a great question. What does that person enjoy about working there? You can ask people that, then you know what they enjoy. It gives you great insights if they have a hard time answering that question. What's been their favorite project in the past year? It gives you an idea of what, you know, what projects are most important. What would success look like for the person in this position one year down the road? gives you insights into, you know, what you really need to emphasize about your ability to have success. There's lists of questions out there for the interviewer. The things you want to be careful of is asking questions that sound like you haven't done any research, asking questions that they could be answered by doing some light reading on their website. So go ahead and and research those, you know, Google questions for the interviewer. I'm sure Denise has a list on her website. Again, that's resume-interviewsuccess.com. You always want to run them through that filter. Can I find the answer to this on their website? You know, does this make sense for this role? And, And does it make sense for the person that I'm talking to, the level they're at in the company, and what their interaction with this role might be, which is another great question, especially if it's a stakeholder that is somewhat, you know, removed from the role. You know, what is your interaction with this 
role, how you know, how have you interacted with this role in the past year? Those types of questions if you're interviewing with a panel and um, talking to some more distributed stakeholders, if you will. Number one, research. Number two, prepare those stories. Practice them, practice them, practice them. Number three, be clear on the exact logistics of that interview that you've got who, what technology, et cetera. And then three is, or yeah, is it three? I don't know. Do your follow-up. Prepare yourself for the follow-up by asking great questions about the process. What's the next step? When can you expect to hear? Who can you follow up with so that you know those before you go in? When you do that, when you prepare, you'll be much more likely to be yourself and you can feel good about the outcome. You, you were there, you were present, you did the best that you could do. And guess what? Sometimes it just isn't a good fit. And I was talking to uh, one of my co-instructors about this the other day. Sometimes they choose the person who hit it off with the hiring manager talking about dogs. Our challenge in the interview process is to not to take feedback as it's helpful and to not make harmful assumptions like they didn't like me or whatever it might be. We just don't know, and all we can do is continue to research, prepare, practice, and perform, show up, be present in those interviews so that you can be your best self. Next week, we have a fun conversation um, about owning your own life and your own career, and uh, you're not going to miss it. You're not going to want to miss it. So we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.